you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. And he kill it while you sitting down Bitch about how I triple my fan base Man worth bench Can't say dad's worst okay, bitch Do something, fuck it, I prove something Don't switch up, should I make your best first bitch I'm gonna my shit Put it in Ryan Buck, I also CEO of FitBuggers And um, huge week for me You may have seen on social media We got nation, nationwide distribution On FitBuggers at Vitamin Shop That's over 700 retail locations in America, and um, you know, one of these days I'll probably just do a, a straight episode on Fit Players and how we did it because I sit here and I think it's like Jesus Christ. End of March 2020, I created my first Fit Butter in my life. A week later, ten days later, we had a business, and here we are, nine months later, with a commitment from one of the largest retailers in the world when it comes to sports nutritional products and vitamin shop, bringing us in five flavors, including a limited edition or not a limited edition, an exclusive uh, banana maple. French toast, which will be exclusively available at the Vitamin Shop coming 6-20-2021. Yes, I know it's six months away, but there's a lot of planning and strategy that goes into this. And, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of this stuff on my podcast with Josh Shaw, Two Guys, One Shaker Cup. So you don't hear a lot of it here on the Be Informed Live Fit podcast, but it's important to talk about because, I mean, I'm excited. And uh, I will be completely honest with you, I am scared shitless only because success scares me to the point where um, – and it's a good thing. It's a good you got you got to be somewhat scared uh, to keep going at it. But like this idea of becoming big scares the shit out of me because it's just it, it means you're successful, and uh, at times that can be extremely scary. So, but we're doing great. I have a great team. I have a great loyal following, and all of you people who listen to this podcast have purchased the products. Um, just a, just a family of people involved in this. It's not just me, Grand. My face is all over everything, including the shipping tape. Um, but no, there's a lot more to it. But we'll save that for another episode. Today's episode. Chris Duffin, the only man in the world to ever squat and deadlift for a thousand pounds. Are you fucking kidding me? A thousand? I, I was telling Chris on the podcast, like I put five hundred pounds on my back one time, and that felt like a lot. I thought I was going to break in half. I've deadlifted five sixty-five, so my best two are at ten sixty-five. His best two are like two thousand, double mine. But we don't spend a lot of time talking about lifting, to be honest with you, because what I like to do when I bring people on my show is I like to get to know who the fuck they are. What is their why? What drives them to be successful? Because Chris Duffin owns Kabuki Strength. He's a co-owner in Built Fast Formula. He's extremely popular in the powerlifting world, in the strength training world. He's got three children, I believe we talked about, a wife at home. I mean, he's a very busy man. And there's a reason that you take on that much. And we talked to Chris about that. And his story is absolutely remarkable. He's got a book available, which you can purchase or listen to online as well that tells the story of him growing up in the woods living up in trees to stay away from rattlesnakes like what becoming an alcoholic in college 
adopting his sisters because his parents were involved in drugs. I mean, there's a lot going on here, a lot to unpack, but it's not my job to tell the story. I allow Chris to tell the story. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, watching via YouTube. If you like what you hear on the podcast, write us a review, helps out the algorithm. But I don't want to sit and take a lot of your time. I want to get Chris on the show. I want him to talk about his life. We do talk about Kabuki strength. We do talk about Build Fast Formula. But again, uh, it's important to understand where people come from uh, so you can understand where they're going. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only mad scientist himself, Christopher Duffin. I don't have blow bubble. It's the 100th episode! Oh! Did you see the neck on that guy? One time for Hughes. Here we go. Brick by brick by brick. We had jobs. It's my favorite drink. Back in Vegas. Took us about a year, Chris, to set this up. I think I actually was, I typed in your name in my email, and uh, a year ago we actually emailed back and forth in January to set this up. So finally, January twenty one, we made this happen, buddy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm uh, I'm so excited for this year. So many things in the works. Uh, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I, I think about how busy Monday to attack it with, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think about how busy I am at running two businesses. And then I look to see kind of like what you do and coaching Kabuki strength. You're with uh, built fast formula, your family, man. Tell the, tell my listeners 
in tournament because a lot of people are like, how do you do it? How do you do it, Ryan? And, and the same with you. Like, how do you, how did you do it, Chris? How did you get to this point? How do you navigate the waters of being a family man, a businessman, a coach? Because that's a lot to take on. It is, and uh, you know, I have this big problem with people saying you you got to achieve like balance through moderation and mm-hmm. things, and I I completely disagree, honestly. It's like let's talk about like when I'm squatting yeah anybody look at those squats and look it's crazy weight you can't doubt the intensity just like look at any of my big squats and it's just like there is nothing else I've got in there I'm putting every ounce into it now a lot of people you tell them hey go all out just everything doesn't matter push as much weight as you think is possible what are they what are they going to think in their mind it's like well forms out the window yeah uh you know, you, it's going to look like shit. It's going to be ugly. And I, and I say, no, I want you to do two things that most people would think is diametrically opposed. I want you to do it absolutely 100% perfect. And I want every ounce of everything you've got. And if you, if, if you chase it in that manner, you end up actually finding the middle. You find this place where it is execute. Like that's how I find the, the center in life is by exploring those those far ends. And actually, as you do that, if I sit there and try to perfect practice, perfect technique with 135 on a squat all day long, what's going to happen? It's once I put it under load, I'm going to fail. It's going to break down. I'm not going to know to how to maintain perfection in that really challenging environment. Right. So, so as you're exploring both of those, it actually makes you better at each one of those at the same time. It cuts out all the fluff. Sure. So you're like, why the hell am I telling you about a squat when you ask me about like uh, business, right? And it's the same thing. You people, if you take it, this balance of like, I need to moderate my work so that I have balance in, or I have time for my family versus how can I take these things and actually do them to the best of my abilities? How do I take it to an extreme? How do I push my business and do those sorts of things in that manner, but make sure that I'm 100% the best father that I can be yep. and bring to the table? And if you do that, you'll end up cutting out a whole lot of other fluff and crap in your life that doesn't align to those goals. Mm-hmm. I don't work. 20 hours a day and live on four to five hours of sleep. Actually, I slept, I think it was um, almost 10 hours last night. So a little bit longer. I'm usually around nine and a half. I was actually going to pull it up here. Um, Sleep last night was, we were at, oh gosh darn it. Of course, I'm I'm slow at pulling it here. Uh, Nine hours and 52 minutes last night. Impressive. It's good. Yeah. Okay. And... But I have this mix, like I, the things that I do with, with work, I'm, I'm passionate about, I'm doing work in a manner that it, it allows me to really be engaged in what I do. And if I'm engaged and passionate, I'm going to be that in other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And I, because of that, I've created my own businesses, Mm -hmm. which allows me to thus create my own schedule, my own priorities. This morning, I woke up. My wife had to uh, go uh, get her braces tightened, and I, I was at home with my kids, watching my kids. By you know, this morning, uh, till uh, just before getting here, uh, yeah. and being late to this, uh, being late to this. 
<laughs> this podcast. But in the process, I've been able to find so much more time. My training is part of what I believe my workday should be. Yeah. So instead of in another environment where I'm working and then going to the gym at the end and then trying to get home, but at the same time, I'm just like so 100% more into my work and what I do. And I don't have all the answers for that, but I do tell you that if you really want to understand where you want to go in life, mm -hmm. you've got to find like how I want to live, yeah. the people that I want to be around, what I want to really accomplish in life. You will find that there's so many things in your life that you can get rid of that we're filling filling the gaps with. And that's how you create time. That's yeah. how I have, you know, Kabuki strength. I have build fast formula. I've got barefoot shoes. I do crazy things in the, in the gym and have done. I've got these over the top hobbies. I build, you know, vehicles from scratch. If you look on, I've got a, a whole build thread just dedicated uh, an Instagram page to one of my vehicles, which is this over the top. It's got 47 inch tires, I designed my own four-wheel steering system for it. I can press the button and actually uh, fill up the tires or deflate the tires while I'm driving down the Jesus road, awesome. uh, steering either axis yeah. with four seats. Or Vinci, uh, uh, I can put my whole family in this thing with a complete exoskeleton. Like, how do you find time to do this sort of stuff? Right. Well, cut out the fluff. Yeah. And then make sure when you're cutting out the fluff, you'll actually make sure all the things that you are doing are putting you one step forward every day towards the things that you want in life. And you're going to end up accomplishing so much more than you ever thought possible. Yeah. Folks, I'm, I'm talking the future New York that's Times bestseller, of, it seems like. That's here. a lot of Phyllis. By the way, that is. I'm working on my next book. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, we're going to talk about book. New York Times bestseller here. <laughs> it's like that book, like, Unfuck oh. Yourself. Where, where they talk yeah. about cutting out the shit in your life. Um, I know there are going to be people tuning in. I do podcast. have a bestseller, but I already have a bestseller. Yeah, which one is it again? You, you... Uh, the Eagle and the Dragon. That's so a... it's, it's a book about my life and a little bit about my life philosophy, and it's a bestseller in like human psychology, awesome. uh, motivation, self-help. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Audible. It's on Barnes & Noble. Love it. Uh, yeah, so if you go to my site, uh, website, just my Chris Duffin site, which you'll link through to Build Fast as well, yep. uh, there's people can get a free audio download of it, as well as another Good book chance. if they sign up for an Audible account through it. So it's pretty badass. I read it myself because <laughs> uh, this shit's important to me. So right. I step up late. Like I said, people are like, how do you get all this shit done? Well, I don't do a lot of other sh <laughs> worthless shit in my life. Husband, father, book writer, coach. Building, building cars from scratch. I love it, dude. And, and I think a lot of people are going to tune in this podcast and be like, when do you get to the powerlifting questions, Ryan? I'll get there. But there's so much more about you as a person. I want to lay the groundwork to it. So, it so, well, yeah, that, well, let's touch on that for a second. Because this is like people think, you know, I, I said when I did the big squat, mm -hmm. I said, I'm done with heavy lifting. Like, well, what are you going to do now? You're going to get bored. It's like lifting was just one way that I express my values in the way that I want to live in the world. Right. It's an express, like, it's so many people define themselves by that thing. Like, I am this, I'm a powerlifter, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a, I'm a businessman, I'm a, it, that is one way to express it. And right. if you find other ways, it's not the end of the world. I, and I, I, love the, I interrupted you. No, you're good. I, I love to figure out the history of, of individuals that come on here because it kind of allows me to figure out what their why is, what drives them. So, so take us back. Tell me about Christoph and the boy. Growing up, how was your childhood? What were you into? Things of that nature. 
Uh, I grew up homeless in the woods and living in uh, tents or at times like uh, beams strapped uh, strapped up into the trees because it was in Northern California sure. and there was a lot of rattlesnakes and was in an environment that when my parents were, were growing drugs, a lot of those are legal these day and age, but Northern California in the 70s and the 80s, there was people running around with machine guns killing people. Sure. <laughs> so I knew murderers, there was drug running, there was, uh, this is stuff that's covered in my book, by the way, it's pretty, there's a lot of trauma, there's yeah. a lot of shit in my life, like I had to learn you know, what type of mushrooms I could pick, the ones that were going to kill you and ones that weren't. Jesus, and yeah. Be down in the stream fishing during the day while my parents were out either logging, mining, growing weed, depending on which era of my life. So I could bring home, I'd catch the grasshoppers in the field first and I'd put them on and I'd go down and fish and I'd catch fish all day long and then that's what we would eat for dinner. Hmm. Uh, maybe with a uh, giant puffball that I found at the same time, slice it up and bread it, throw it on the skillet. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, no, that's like six years old. I was learning how to catch live rattlesnakes and handle them by hand at six years old. You want to talk about learning lessons in life, like <laughs> learning to look here in this straight in the face and not let it overpower you, but still have respect for it. Because if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. Spent some time. The state took us for a while. I uh, spent some time in a foster foster home. Uh, my sisters, there's some shit with some human trafficking and a serial killer. It's pretty whacked out shit. And this is all uh, in the book? I lived. And so this is all in the book, That's man. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I ended up doing pretty well in high school. We were living in a home by that point. We actually had running water because, you know, before this, like there was times like to take a bath for school, I'd have to go down to the stream and fill up gallon jugs of water and sit them in the sun on the rock and hmm. let them warm up and dump it over your head or be in a shack. Yeah. i got this story about the shit bucket story. It's on my Instagram. If anybody wants to check it out, it's a pretty powerful piece. Uh, being in a little shack with no running water, no plumbing, no electricity, you know, you heat up the water on the stove and step back outside in the, in the snow, dump it over your head out of the pot. That's how you, how you bathe. So uh, growing up, I didn't have, a lot of friends. Yeah. I was, you know, I was an outcast sure. and I learned a lot about, uh, a lot about myself in the process. And I read everything. My whole family did. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we, we had a rough life, but, uh, we were, you know, my father was a member of Mensa. My mom was going to school to be a, become a chemical engineer. They just, they didn't want to be part of the world. And so they stepped away from it. And that's what me and my three sisters got raised in. Sure. And, I left to go to college and, and uh, it got a lot worse at home. Uh, it was, uh, like I said, I was the one kind of at home that took care of my sisters and brought some stability. And when I left, things got really, really, really bad at home. And so before I graduated college, went to school for a dual engineering degree. And I was working full time because I didn't have a full fallback sure. plan either, yeah. even though I, I had a full ride academic scholarship like paid for my classes and my books and stuff like that. And, uh, but I ended up uh, starting to take custody of my three younger sisters and I raised all them 21 years old. Jesus. I owned my own house yeah. working full time as a manager. I had my first degree completed. I had custody of the first of my sisters at that point in time. I might've been working on the se second one. I have my own business. I was running on the weekend and, uh, yeah, from there I, I, 
I, I, I took steps to just take care of myself and my family as best as I could. And I, I grew pretty rapidly and I, I, I didn't finish my second engineering degree. I was like 11 credit shy, but I went on immediately got my uh, MBA mm -hmm. and I started advancing in the corporate world. I became within 10 years, a, a, a corporate executive where sought after for what I did, they'd come in and hire me to turn around a company or turn around a division of a company or take it from a, a regional to national international presence. Um, my biggest success story is a, an aerospace company I, that was going to go, was going to fold. It was going to lose all its uh, contracts. It was going to the 150 people there that were going to lose their jobs. I turned it around to become the best supplier in the world in its class for Boeing. Uh, made it financially successful and turned it around and got it sold and saved everybody's uh, saved everybody's jobs. So I uh, that's what I was doing and I was lifting weights on the side. Sure. I started lifting 19, 1988. Uh, this uh, little skinny kid with uh, no friends in junior high <laughs> doing uh, jump squats and uh, push-ups to failure. And it's been, lifting has been just with me my entire life uh, outside of, I think I took a break for about a year and a half in college when I was really struggling with uh, alcohol abuse myself. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got myself back out of it. I started hitting the gym again and it's been there. I started competing in 2000 in powerlifting and I competed up until 2015. I was ranked number one in the world for like eight years straight. Um, in one discipline or another, I opened the first gym on the side. Actually, while we were running the aerospace company, I opened it with my part partner, Rudy Cadlub in 2009-ish or so. I had like this giant garage gym that I was training a bunch of people at. Sure. And then we opened the gym and then... Uh, in 2015, I was really successful in life. I had the house with a white picket fence. I was married. I had two kids. I had the corporate job. I was making tons of money. And I went, I got the American dream, but is it my dream? Right. And I walked away from all of it. Yeah. My kids. Uh, um, I didn't have passion in my marriage. I... I walked away from all of it. So lost my retirement savings, everything that I had earned for the last 20 years. I had a couple homes, sold my homes. I leveraged all my 401k. I went through a divorce and Kabuki strength. I quit competitive lifting because it was too much still defining who I was. And I started uh, on this process of seeking something that I really wanted to do in the, the lifting world. And so I combined what I was my, these, this idea for how I wanted to ex personally express my strength and combined it with, uh, uh, fundraisers and started basically exhibition lifting and call it gym lifting, YouTube lifting for the gram, whatever the hell you want. But, right. um, so I did, I proved myself. I'd done my, I'd done my time on the platform Yeah. and I founded Kabuki strength and a couple years later founded uh, build fast formula and, I am doing what I want to do in the world, which is helping people live a better life through let's, let's think about this past experience, what I grew up through. Right. I'm helping people understand and build strength, build resilience. And how we do this is understand that challenge, stress, all these things, they're a good thing. Mm -hmm. And you be, become a more resilient form of yourself, a better version of yourself. And you can choose exactly how you want to live in this world and do so. And so our companies are built around the physical aspect of that. 
But that's why I did my book, The Eagle and the Dragon, is to help people to understand the emotional, the mental, the spiritual side of this stuff, that that you can not have that stuff, one, be a definition of who you are. Just because bad shit happened to you doesn't mean that's who defines you. Right. And just think about this from the gym aspect. So many people, you meet people and they go, hey, tell me, tell me who you are. And they'll tell you, I, I'm the person with a bad back. I'm the person with such, like they define themselves by these things and like, I'm going to forever be that way. Well, if you choose to, or I'm going to be the person with the, the bad back that overcame it. Mm-hmm. I'm the person that worked around it and was able to do other things. Um, and, and so that's, that's what the book's for, but the physical nature of it, and that's what I have a gift for. So I developed a, a huge background in biomechanics. I was taking continuing ed in the, the clinical space and my friends now and the people, my mentors, the people I work with, are some of the best clinicians and researchers in the world of of human performance as it relates to spine biomechanics, physical therapy, developmental kinesiology. And I integrate all this stuff in my work to help people. And that's what we do. We get people out of pain. We get them living a better life. We get them training and understanding that having load, having challenge in life is something that's going to, it's going to be additive. Mm -hmm. And in those people that already did it, we break the barriers of going, you don't have to be the person that like, oh, I was strong until my back went, my knees went, and all these stories of people that you hear, like, I used to lift more than you until my knees, yeah. like, it, that doesn't have to be the way if you do things right. Right. And, and then that's why I do the lifting that I do. Sure. To walk the walk and show people. For sure. I want to just like the reason. Obviously, everybody's heard the story here. It's like, all right, there's key themes that come out of there, right? Like, there's survival. I, I think survival is a huge key theme that came out of like your childhood. You had to survive. It was either survive or whatever, right? Whatever the alternative was. Um, and it, and obviously, you're implementing that into your life now. Um, responsibility. I mean, there's so many things that as a child you had to endure to put you in position. And going through my head when you were speaking is like, most times in that situation. That individual is going to be caught in that environment. They can't escape it or they choose not to escape it. And um, it, you did, and that's great. Um, I, I'm curious on, like, the social aspect because you said you're kind of an outcast. Like, there could be some social awkwardness. You're speaking to me on podcasts amazingly, and you speak to people for a living. So were you, were, were you ever socially awkward as a child in that environment, or did you just have a knack for being able to speak to people, although you weren't really around them all the time? I was definitely very socially awkward, incredibly so. Uh, I it took me a long time. I didn't have a lot of the normal social. I didn't even really have friends until I hit junior high, high school, and and I hit a lot of who I was. And I was the you know I had a few friends, and I was the in the nerdy group. I'm still a nerd, by the way, just a really strong nerd. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and. Um, and, and, and it definitely was not uh, not popular. And it took me a long time to to kind of work out of that. And I, I started that process in, in college and I went the I, I ended up getting a job as a is uh, a is a production leader is what they called the job, but basically a floor level supervisor in a in a window manufacturing plant uh, as I was finishing up my degree. And it was probably the hardest thing for me to be able to do that, to walk in and like lead a group of people. And I decided that that was the path that I was going to go. I decided to go the path of most resilience, right? 
And, and as I did that, I forced myself to be in these situations. I forced myself to be up in front of people on a regular basis. And I forced myself to be the one having difficult conversations when it came to performance and things like that. I forced myself down this path within my career of becoming really good at becoming how to deal with people and how to coach people, Mm. how to get people to accomplish more than they thought they were ever capable of themselves. And it was, I did it because it was just, it was really rewarding. You know, it was, I went to school to sit in front of a computer and that's a great job for people like me with my background. Yeah. Right. Sit there and draw parts. And a lot of engineers never go beyond that because they never make it into management or leadership because they're not skilled in those directions. Right. And I, I went that path specifically. And so it was, it was a lot of years of just, you know, pr- trying and practicing. And then everything, it's constantly led to, to another thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was lifting, I, I saw so much going wrong in the, in the world of, of training, fitness. I just started filming myself in my gym way back in the day. Uh, that's how I started my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, it was just this random conversation. I'd pull people together, but I was, you know, and I'd cover a topic and we'd just film it and I'd throw it on my YouTube. It was just what we did. And, and I've just constantly been putting myself in those positions. And yeah, now, uh, you know, I, I'll step in front of rooms of hundreds of people. Like I've, I've presented on um, doctoral level material to rooms of 100, 150 doctors. Mm-hmm. Like you got to, so over the course of that, you end up just developing right. confidence, being comfortable with, at the same time, I'm not the most, I stumble over my words. I'm not the most eloquent. Like this stuff's easy for me to talk about. It's just right. my life, right? Yeah, I, I love- what I found Go ahead. is just being authentic. Yeah. Uh, being myself was the my path to getting there. Like mm-hmm. when I was in the management stuff, I always saw, you know, these, great managers as being these really articulate people that could get up and throw a motivational speech. And I'm, I'm still not good at that. <laughs> and, but what I can do is I can talk to people one-on-one. I can talk to people, uh, you know, developing relationships and they know a hundred percent who I am and that I'm real because I don't put on a face. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm right here with my freaking hair sticking all over the place or whatever. And I don't, I don't, I don't care because I want to just, I want to be me and people are either going to connect to that or not, but even people that don't connect to you will still trust you mm-hmm. if you're yourself. And in this world today, so many people want to pretend perfection and pretend like all these sorts of things. And I, that lack of authenticity, like is before we got on this call, I was talking about uh, a lot of, uh, social media or celebrity people in LA, I'm down there quite a bit filming things and a lot of moving to Texas, but like, it's crazy. You go into LA and even just sit outside a a coffee shop and watch the people coming in and out and talking to each other. And it's just, it's one fake face after another talking to each other on fake pretenses. And it's like so visible Yeah, and they're all doing it to each other, but that's just how they view that you should be. And guess what? Those relationships aren't real. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't imagine. I mean, 
I'm not saying being in the Midwest means we're all authentic or, or whatever, but it's one of the ways that I've carried myself too is if, if you're authentic, people can relate to you. You can develop good relationships. You can help people. Um, and one of the things that you allude to in your stories back in college, you had – I don't know how long the stint of alcohol, alcoholism was, but I want to touch on that only because I think 2020 was a year. Obviously, we can dive into all this stuff, but it was a crazy hard year for a lot of people. Fitness and gyms, or at least gyms, were taken away from people. For me, that's my vice. That's my addiction was the gym. But not everybody has working out as an addiction. It could be drugs, alcohol, women, whatever it might be. And just hearing your story as a childhood where it seems like you, you took control of your life at a young age. You knew you had to get out of that environment. But when you got to college and you developed an addiction, did you feel lost? Did you feel scared about what was going on? Because that, to me, hearing that portion, it's like, well, that doesn't align with what you were doing to get yourself out of that situation, but you fell into this hole. How did you fall into the hole and how the hell did you get out? Yeah. I, well, alcoholism runs in my family, so it's pretty damn easy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's real. And it's all I, all I saw, mm-hmm. like, growing up. That's how you used alcohol was to excess. And I, uh, I started drinking to fit in. And, you know, it, it had some benefits for me. I, it did help me loosen up and be a little bit more real and be unafraid. And in that process, I learned that, hey, I don't have to be, you know, scared that it's, it's okay to be open. It's okay. Like people like me, I, they don't know that I lived in the trailer down by the river or like all that stuff just falls away. And so it really helped me in this process where I talked about like getting acclimated to society, feeling comfortable getting over that social awkwardness. But then I started drinking too much. Mm. And then I'd be drunk for basically like six months, uh, pretty high functioning, uh, because I'd go to work, I'd go to school, I'd do all this, but I was, my head was not clear. And I- And we're not talking like a normal college life kid just drinking, we're talking like in excess of that, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. No, like I literally I would go every six months to be like, man, it, I got to get my not drink for two or three days to get my head clear, like type thing, like wake up in the morning and I'm having a I'm having a beer in the shower. Uh, I mean, we're when I talked about the balance of extremes, that's the way I live life is in extremes. Yeah. And I was I went off and I thought it was OK. Like I said, I was raising uh, my sister at the time I was working. I was like, you know what? At least I'm presenting to her, you know, because she's seeing some of this happening that, hey, I'm working hard because I was, was busting my ass. I was a functional alcoholic. Uh, and I'm like, that counterbalances my ability to play hard. But I felt like I was, it got so bad, I just felt like I was dying inside. And it was, it was, it was tough. And then I, I started lifting again. And that got me to where I would just go on a bender over the weekend, like mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I'd go into the gym Monday and I'd be sweating, literally sweating booze yeah. out my pores. And Wednesday, by Wednesday, I'd, you know, I'd finally be not sweating booze out my pores while I trained. And then Friday, I'd be back around. And it was just this cycle. And I couldn't clear the cycle because by that time I'd created, well, I'd created the environment around me. Mm-hmm. If I got home, people would be sitting there waiting. There'd be a kegger at my house. Yeah. There'd be, like, I couldn't escape it. It was a smaller town I lived in. And I was known as, I went from being that socially awkward guy to being the center of the party. Mm. Like, I I'll be, I'm, I can be a bit, now, now, and I've learned to, I, I can be a bit charismatic, right? I can be, 
I, I learned how to connect with people and people wanted to be part of that. And did you feel obligated just, to be that at that point? Like you were scared to yeah. disappoint people? Like it was just no, there was just no escape. It. Yeah. Like that's all, that was my entire social circle. And that's, uh, like I said, I, I knew I wanted to go another path and I just couldn't exit. I exited during the week, but you never, you never, you never get there. And so I owned the house. I gave the keys to my sister and I got in my Jeep and I drove, I'm not sure how many hundreds of miles away, but from one end of the state to the other, uh, I was down on just like a couple minutes north of the California border. And I went up and drove to Portland, which is just a couple minutes south of the Washington border. And I crashed on a friend's house. I'd quit my job, obviously. Uh, crashed in his apartment downtown and I started applying for jobs. And I completely removed myself from that environment. Those, I'm like, I have to, I have to make a change. I'm going to die. Yeah. Like I'm walking down the path of what I saw my parents do, what I saw people do around me growing up. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not escaping the environment. It's a, it's a small town. It's the things I've created. Like I, at this point I'm pulling up stakes and then I, and I'm restarting. And so I did just that. I said, I'm refocusing on my career and lifting. And so that is exactly what I did. And that's when I started uh, uh, that path uh, towards that, you know, excellence in the executive world. Mm. So when I got my MBA, that's when I, I got back, uh, got back to lifting. I was, I think I was like a buck 80 in, uh, in college. And it was six months after I rolled into Portland, I was 220 pounds. I was, you know, I was uh, back in the, you know, it was like, got to have my protein every hour and a half yeah, waking right. up waking up and I'd had an alarm set at night. You know, I was just like, I'm just a hundred percent bodybuilding lifestyle. Right. I traded one addiction for another. They say, don't do that. That'll never work. Mm-hmm. They'll say it never worked. Oh, by the way, I, I got a DUI during that time too. So, um, like it was just fairly serious. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I traded one addiction for another and they're like, that'll, that'll never hold. Well, here I am 44. Yeah. And, this is still my life. And you know what? I drink today. I'm kind of known. I have this thing called whiskey and deadlifts and, and, uh, awesome. but you know, I, I, the thing is like, I can drink and it has no effect as far as it, like in that essence for me at all. Like I, I might go six, nine months without even having a drink and not think about it. And when I do, it's a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't, I have no desire whatsoever. I just, you know, Every now and again, the wife will be on a kick and maybe we'll have a glass of wine, you know, two or three nights a week for a while. Right. And then we don't. And, and, uh, when I was deadlifting heavy, you know, my heavy deadlift sessions during the week, I'd have two or three drinks. And when I wasn't deadlifting, it wouldn't happen. And when I quit deadlifting heavy, it, I quit doing that. Like it's, it created going to that other extreme. I didn't have to walk away from it completely. And I have no, literally no issues at all. Yeah. Um, and they say you can't do those sorts of things. Well, I did. Well, it's interesting because you, know? you and I both know. I mean, how many people through my platform for your for your circle? How many people have been addicted to drugs and alcohol and traded that addiction for the gym and it saved them, like literally saved their lives? Yeah. It yeah. It, it happens, yeah. and whether or not you think it, it, you should or should not do that. I mean, I I feel like everybody has some type of an addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, this fucking thing right here. A lot of those people that have the addiction, you have an addictive personality. Mm. And so, yeah, you're trading it for another one. We'll trade it for one that's healthy. Right. Because you have an addictive personality. You're going to do things like that. Adding my product is going to help you get to where you want to be.
five percenters is five percent of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education, willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Strength isn't a slogan. You want to win this year? Yes, no! What time is it? Danger! What time is it? Danger! It's not an image you find on billboards or the big screen. It's never been about any of that. It's all around you, in everyday moments, just waiting to be unleashed. Strength is the knowledge that inside you lies anything you've ever wanted to be. The confidence that your failures never define you. And the passion and purpose to drive beyond any limits placed upon you. When you call upon it, strength embraces you, challenges you, pulls you back up, no matter how many times you fall. It compels you to draw on courage, resilience, intensity, and hope, and expects your very best to help others find theirs. True strength demands you build more than muscle, not in pursuit of a personal best, but a better tomorrow for everyone. If you could use some help getting fired up and ready to crush your workouts, Pulse is for you. It is a 100% natural pre-workout supplement that gives you a surge of smooth energy and focus, bigger and better pumps, and more strength, endurance, and power. Pulse is also naturally sweetened and flavored and contains no artificial food dyes, fillers, or other unnecessary junk. So order now and get ready to feel focused, powerful, and tireless in your workouts. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. 
And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. How many people in this last year, I, I mean, some of the things that we do as, as fitness or health professionals, what motivates me the most is seeing people succeed at their goals, right? Like seeing people, if it's lose 10 pounds, if it's quit smoking, I don't care what it is. But in 2020, when people are struggling at an all-time high of mental health, like struggling super hard, not having access to the gym. I mean, were there people that reached out to you, Chris, and it's like, I just need help. I really need help right now because I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's uh, – I, well, I kind of get those regardless of it being 20 or 20 sure. or not because of the content that I pr right. produce out there in my book. And, you, you know, it's interesting thing being somebody, you know, the performer side of the person that does like over-the-top things that accomplishes big goals and people are like, wow, that must be so rewarding. I'm like, yeah, but it's not as cool as when you get that message back from somebody that you've been talking to or has read your work or that you've coached that is – that has gone on and done something that they, they didn't think was possible, that mm -hmm. they like the feeling there greater is like helping somebody reach and achieve that is so much greater than when you go do it yourself, actually, to know that you had a part, uh, you know, that impacted people in that manner is there's nothing that replaces it. Right. I mean, that's, that's why we do what we do here. Uh, and so, so yeah, I uh, uh, I don't know what else to say there. That, that's just uh, that is that's the thing that gets me going. Right. You know, especially in this world of social media, where there's somebody will find something wrong with whatever you've done. There's I don't get as much of it as some other people I see, but when I do, they can be pretty deep and hateful oh, things sure. that people dig up from your life here or there to use against you, and and it sucks. It's like man, I don't want to be out. There. I don't want to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. But then you see the positive side of it, and you're like, "This is worth it, man!" Right? Like, I I can't I can't not do what I do, right. and that's why obviously writing my book was really hard. Mm -hmm. Like sharing some of the stuff we talked about and more that's there that I don't like talking about. But I like that has saved people's lives. Right? That book has saved people. I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's spurred people to start their own businesses. It's spurred people to go back to school. It's gotten people to, you know, quit a, a, a you know, a shitty job and, and make a, you know, make the career change that they've always wanted to do. Uh, it is, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. You get, you get the, cause your platform and everything you've done and there's a, I heard it, um, today again, and you don't have to be a religious person at all to think this, but like, it, it's serve something bigger than yourself, right? Like do something to serve that's, that's larger than yourself because people who self-serve, like they get theirs, but you giving back, I try to give back where I can ensure every now and then I like to do something for myself, but it's so much more rewarding to do things for others and see people achieve what they're trying to achieve through our education, help, motivation, yep. whatever it might be. Well, and that's why like all the, the brands are education first, build fast. Yep. You know, we, we straight up say, Hey, you got to nail your diet. You got to nail, you know, that nutrition. You got to nail your training first. But we provide that for people. Like, it's not an empty, like, oh, do this and then buy our stuff. Like, here it is. Like, um, because that's, we want to see people actually do it. And you need to, you need all those pieces. Yep. And you need to, 
you know, it's, uh, and so that's why everything that I do is always education first. Yeah. Let's start with Build Fast Formula because I do, I want to talk about the, the brands that you're involved in. Start out with one product, VasoBlitz 2019, right? I think was, was uh, you yep. know, and, and what's so crazy is most people are going to start with a STEM based something in the sports nutrition world. Not you guys. Absolutely. No, that was, uh, that was, I'd say, I still say that's a really ballsy move, right? Yes, huge uh, ballsy, but it worked. It's huge. It's a non-stem pump product yeah. as your launch product. Right. But the thing is, we believe so much in this. We released Full Blitz, what was it, like a year, year and a half later? Yeah, it was, it was at least a year. Because it's like, we want people to really capture and understand the benefits of this. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get them stuck into, oh, I'll just use it on my on my training days or to get people to really understand the benefits of doing it. And there's just no way like, so that's what we released first because it is, it is such a, I, I said pump product, but like it has so many benefits outside of that, that yep. people aren't aware of until you actually start using it and using it on a daily basis. Cause nobody was using nitrates on a daily basis. We're, I'm not sure that any company is still uh, uh, pushing that. I think there's and, only one other new guys and they call it daily pump, which I mean, could be a, a play on what you guys did. Yeah, nobody was doing it. And the, uh, but those effects, those things that elicit the pump are the things that are actually going to cause the turnover, the repair of tissue, the recovery, the muscle fullness from one workout to the next is not just a visual thing. Correct. So like if I haven't trained, you know, especially as a strength athlete, you may, you may not be full coming into a workout. And so, like, if I'd taken a, you know, too many days off or something like that, I'd end up having to train full body for a day or two to fill back out before I could go in for a big heavy squat session, right? Yep. And, but then that takes away your reserves as well. So it completely changes the game, even for a strength athlete and how you structure your training and what you do uh, because of that. And then, like I said, the recovery aspect of it is just phenomenal. Mm. Like everything that I believe in and do from a recovery aspect outside of the number one priority, which is sleep. So sleep is number one. Uh, Sleep, you got to get your nutrients. But every other is a play on enhancing blood flow. Like that is going to be the driver. This is even, I'm sorry, like it's it's prevalent in this field, but the use of PEDs. Mm. You if you're using a PED and not using VasoBlitz, you are vastly missing out because it it magnifies everything that someone does in those regards to nutrition and train. Like it 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 magnifies that. We're gonna get more of all the things that we want gotcha. to the materials to, to the body and get that turnover and that flushing and and it's just it's 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 massive and people always think of that as just this this pump product. It's gonna make you look vascular. It's gonna have a great feel in the gym. But it does so much more than not even getting into the cardiovascular benefits yeah. of this, which is actually used. They use them just in just for that with mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the anti-aging doctors. So I, I work on the clinical side uh, a lot in those areas. And there's so many people in that field. They don't realize that their whole market is 60 plus sedentary people. And what are some of the products they, they develop and sell? Uh, if you get into the, you know, the, those sites, which you've never got, you know, none of us are normally perusing sure. uh, the supplements uh, for those uh, on that end, it's nitrates, right? Uh, there's massive amount of research on what it does from a cardiovascular. I mean, just straight up simple stuff like it's less demand on your heart, 
right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, again, the PED users, mm, lower blood pressure and <laughs> right, right. less demands on the heart that's going to cause a ventricular uh, uh, hypertrophy, uh, like, like really basic, like fundamental, amazing stuff. And oh, yeah, improved anabolism, improved hypertrophy, improved ability for muscular endurance in the gym. What does all that mean? Oh, I'm going to be able to train more and longer. And what happens if I do that? Right. And if I recover better, that means I can put more training in a smaller block. And I talk about training science on um, a lot of podcasts. We haven't gotten into it here. But this is, if you want to get stronger, you want to get bigger. It's all about getting, you know, more frequent, you know, the more amount of work that you can do in a given period of time. Mm -hmm. So more work in a week, um, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get better results. And again, so we put this together. I'm going to work out better. So I'm going to get more volume, more training per workout. I'm going to be able to train more frequently because of the, because of the improved recovery, right? Um, if I have a gap or whatever, I'm still going to walk right back in and hit amazing session because I am full and Oh yeah, at the end of the day, I'm going to look better too. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, it, it worked, and I think it, you know we obviously it skyrocketed to the top of our number one. We'll, we'll call it non-stim pre-workout pump harder at Fitness Informant. Then Full Blitz came out a year later, and the only pre-workout that I had seen on the market at that time to use 800 milligrams of DMAE, which is, I mean, it literally. If anybody's ever, it's, no, I'm not. Let me let's preface this. It's not Adderall, okay? But it gives no. you like the feeling as if potentially in terms of you're zoned in, you feel great. 335 milligrams of, of caffeine. I think it's 2.5 milligrams of yohimbine. It's, it's a really well done, simple, but very effective pre-workout. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's the thing. There's so many that are smack you in the face mm-hmm. uh, pre-workouts because it's like you want to drive to bounce off the walls. And actually, if you've been in the game for a long time. You know that you actually need clarity and focus. You need the energy, but you need it directed. And it's a different kind of experience. Right. And that blend delivers it. It does. Yohimbi by itself, I actually honestly hate. Mm. Uh, it makes me oh, feel in this weird spot in my head. So like a lot of people will ask me, they're like, man, I don't know. I like your product except it has the Yohimbi. Well, the Yohimbi with the DMEE mm. is a totally different experience. Right. Uh, so it, it, it's uh, the, the blend is just phenomenal for this crazy level of energy, but the ability to actually stay focused and have the clarity to be able to pull off, you know, some heavy stuff if you need to and not be your mind all over the place. And you're just like, you know, yeah, I don't need to mow the lawn really fast. Yeah. I need to freaking, I got serious stuff that I'm doing yep. in the gym and I need that focus and I don't want to crash afterwards. Yep. That's the other one that most of those two do too, 100%. Um, is this, you know, you're going to have a big down where it's just beautiful, nice, uh, you know, tail off from, from, from full blitz. So yeah, thank you. I'm glad you, uh, what I thought was interesting it. about it is like, you guys also include nitrates and full blitz, but the play is a lot of times what companies are going to do, they're going to include a pre and a pump. So that way they can increase sales over time. Well, here's the thing, like with you guys, I mean, did the consumer affair saying on workout days, take full blitz. If you want or scoop of each, if you want to get lower stem, but then on those non-training days, make sure you're taking the vasoblitz blitz to have the saturation of nitrates on a daily basis. Um, and it yeah. works, you know, it works. I've I've never had a bad workout on full blitz, and that's not, not blowing smoke up people's ass. I I very much enjoy it. Um, and then from full blitz, you guys had what eighty twenty, and now you have uh, blitz three D, and then you have a, a creatine product as well, correct? Yep. Yeah. So you're becoming a full um, brand here, Chris. Like you're you're like a legit full on sports nutrition brand now with all these <laughs> products. 
and we've got uh, we've got a lot more on the way. Um, just uh, you know, it, we're a small company, so you have to stage this stuff. We're not going to release it uh, all at once. But let's talk eighty twenty for a minute. It's yeah, such a simple ahead. product, but again, like I, I talked about uh, back uh, in two thousand when I was uh, you know taking protein every uh, every uh, sixty ninety minutes all day long and waking up with the night. And honestly, when you use them whey, that's kind of what you got to do. Right. And so if you're if you're pushing wanting to sell protein and you want people to use that as your as their base you know place for getting protein that's that's what you do you sell away protein but if you look at it the lens of like what do i believe in Mm -hmm. i believe people should eat their protein right and honestly uh animal proteins are going to be the best Mm -hmm. but you know if you want to go another if you've got some 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 beliefs around that that's fine too i don't care um but eating your protein. And so if we think about like, okay, our protein powder truly is a supplement. It should be supplementing that. That's where this concept of 80-20 comes from. This ability to, with a small dose, uh, you know, here or there, depending on, you know, how your life is set up, we actually get, we fill in those gaps. We fill in the gaps of where we may have a loss. We may be, people have a life, like Mm -hmm. they've got meetings through the day or they're in a trade and they can't just like, stop and have a mini, you know, do the bodybuilder eight meal a day thing. Like, Hey, I'm out, you know, I'm a linesman, you know, work like, I can't like, guess what? Like we're not all living the bodybuilder life and have that. Most of us don't. Right. So you're going to have, you're going to have some gaps and things in there. And so with this, you can fill in the gaps. I mean, the, the way and casing work better together, there's nothing phenomenal about it. Anybody can go create their own mixture of, Casing way. I'm not going to blow smoke up anybody's ass, but you're, if you do that one, you're probably not going to have a very mixable product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the taste isn't going to be there and you got to source the different stuff and put it together and, and all that. And a lot of them still have like crap fillers and other things in there. You got to figure out and it's like, Oh no, here's an incredibly well executed product. You're going to get that eight hours of, you know, no muscle protein breakdown, six hours of muscle protein synthesis, the two work together synergistically to make each other work better. And now it's like, ah, I have a scoop every morning. Mm-hmm. I have a light breakfast that rolls me through. I have a scoop. Uh, you know, I, I, I do the three scoops, which, you know, most people you know, if you can't afford that. That's whatever. Do two, do right. one. Uh, but I'll do another one in the afternoon to make sure I've got, um, you know, that plasma amino, uh, amino proteins flowing as I'm going through my training. I train in the afternoon and definitely I do one before I go to bed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it's just that, like, I don't need to pump. There's literally no need. That's like the max, the, the, the max that we promote 80, 20. Yep. Yeah. Three times a day, the max. And then usually we, we would tell people just do one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's going to give you two of them is going to give you 16 hours a day of coverage. Right. And then the bulk of your protein like freaking eat it, man. Yeah, like sure. I'm not. And so it's just a, it's just a skip. And, and so you end up with this incredibly more useful product for people's life because we're not trying to sell it as the only thing or the primary thing that people should be using for their, for their, for their protein intake. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because the literature today, I believe says like you want to have like muscle protein since it's sort of initiated every two to three hours, meaning you should have something protein in your system every two to three hours. Well, if you're taking a casein protein, like you're essentially covering six hours, almost nine hours of time through that, that period. So, um, do you, do you consume whey protein by itself ever anymore? Um, I do on occasion, uh, 
if I am running really lean on uh, my macros, so if I'm in a really strict dieting uh, mm -hmm. perspective, um, I might put a little in uh, during my training. Sure. Um, just to, just as to, to get those fast-acting uh, uh, aminos during yeah. that period of time. But if I've got enough floating in my system through the day as based on a normal diet, but, you know, that's what I'm talking. I'm getting way down there. I'm really managing my, my, uh, my calories uh, sure. to, a, to the, like – Man, the the veins are not uh, coming all the way up my abs and touching my pecs right now. Type of weight. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I love it. I love and like, for me myself too. I don't use much. But I'll, I'll use a high quality whey protein isolate. You know, yeah. I used to. I've tried in the past. I use the stuff, uh, the Pepto Pro and the other you know, ones that are pushed there. Honestly, those things just fuck with my my gut really mm -hmm. bad. That's one thing. So uh, with uh, with eighty twenty. I'm I'm uh, I'm a bit lactose well, fairly lactose intolerant, um, so I personally have no like it's one of the few like way. If I have too much, really turns my gut over. Yeah, it happens to a lot of people, and that's and it's that's actually one of the worst things that you can, like having a solid gut, solid GI, solid like all the. This is one of fundamentally like it is so overlook the level of importance for that for for athletes and bodybuilders yeah um this is a cornerstone piece that people need to understand and be able to manage and 80 20 is an issue because of the quality of the ingredients that we put in there uh the fill is like everything that i get no issues at all whatsoever and there's very few proteins that will do that for me. Sure. And eighty twenty is like at the top of the list. That's perfect. I mean, yeah, the the lactose issues or people having issues with whey protein seems like it's becoming more and more of a thing. That's why you're seeing some of these alternates like plant proteins become more popular, some beef proteins, things of that nature. But um, I want to just revert topics here real quick and, and, and finish the podcast here talking about um, uh, uh, on Kabuki strength because <laughs> as shitty as 2020 was, were you guys able to keep anything in stock? We were not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, I, nobody was prepared for this. So, like, oh, yeah. were you just sitting in the room one day and be like, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah, we, well, we were already behind because our growth has been uh, massive. So January and February, we were still double the sales we were uh, the year prior. So we were behind when it hit. And, man, it's been – we've hired uh, – I just took signed the lease in February – I, our third building uh, we're moving into right now next month. Um, we have quadrupled our staff. We bought so many CNCs, new awesome. CNCs. Uh, it's it's wild, but he, he, those are not things that you can flip at the you know a light switch. No, these are these decisions, these things like spooling manufacturing is not the same thing as buying knee wraps from Pakistan. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, it's a, it's a process. So we're, we're getting there and, uh, I'm really excited, uh, for this year as we've, uh, we're really seeing the results of, uh, uh, ramping up our manufacturing process and being able to, to meet our customers needs. But yeah, uh, after the end of the summer, we, we, yeah, after July, we had to actually start limiting our sales. We don't do any ads and we restrict the amount of sales every day. It's crazy. I mean, because you guys, obviously, Kabuki Strength is, you guys have the equipment, you have the apparel, you have the coaching, lifestyle, I guess you could call it. But it's, I mean, it's quickly become one of the most trusted names in powerlifting and in, in just strong, I mean, it's like to, to do that in as quick as a time well, period as you guys have. Every, every professional sport, 
in North America, well, we, we cover probably 90% of the teams in professional sports. So like Major League Baseball, there's three teams that don't use our stuff. I mean, you walk into the Yankees, you walk into the Dodgers, you walk into the teams winning the Super Bowl, uh, you walk into the athletes' home gyms, 600-plus um, colleges, mm-hmm. uh, Tour de France teams, uh, the, the team that won uh, 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 the NHL uh, Stanley Cup. Like, we're, we're everywhere in a matter of a few years. Like, yeah. that's a globally recognized brand. It's absolutely crazy. And uh, I think it just says a lot about, I mean, it, just even speaking to you and, and to be full transparent to our listening audience, like I didn't know a whole hell of a lot about you, Chris, before this podcast. Like we've had conversation a little bit here and there. I know some stuff about you through Matt, but even in a 45 minute conversation, you could tell that you and I are wired very similarly in terms of like, we just, we, we don't ever half ass something, right? You don't put your toe in the, in the water, you jump oh, dive in and yeah. Case in point with everything going on here, you guys have a huge week coming up here in February, um, an education week. I believe it's what February first through the seventh. Is that the dates? Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. So uh, Kabuki Education Week. This is go take a look at this. This is the best list of presenters you've probably ever seen in your life. Yeah. So because of our authority uh, in the field, we've been able to attract the best of the best uh, as far as everything sports performance related. And so for an entire week. There's lectures being put on. They're live, so you get access to be able to act, ask the people questions in the Q&A directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is $99, and it is, like I said, it's 55 of the industry's best presenters. You've never seen an event like this before. So definitely, definitely check that out. It's awesome. I'm just going to name a few names here just because uh, my audience will probably recognize them. BPAC is part of this. Ben Pakalski, Joe DeFranco, um, who I absolutely love. I think he's he's amazing. C.T. Fletcher. I mean, I think everybody's heard of heard of him. Julian Smith, who's your who's your neighbor up in your neck of the woods up there. Um, yep. I mean, amongst just uh, I mean, there's uh, is it Steffi Cohen, right? Like dealing with injuries yep. and back pain. Like there, the, the actual topics too aren't just like hey, how to squat 900 pounds. I mean, it's, it's applications that we can apply to your life. One of them I saw was, was on pregnancy. My wife is pregnant right now. So Mm -hmm. like right away, I'm thinking like, who does that? Nobody offers, like you guys are offering essentially, it looks like A to Z topics when it comes to health. uh, What what happens? You're going to, you're going to be trying to physically prepare for that process. And once you've had a pregnancy, there's, how do you, how do you return to activity afterwards? How do you like, these are these are important topics and they cover the, the, the materials and stuff that we cover at Kabuki, but we, we have the best people uh, covering like so many things. It's, it's pretty powerful. I love it. I mean, uh, in terms of like the actual equipment, I got to use the Duffalo bar before. And it's one of, actually one of my favorite bars to use. It's so unique and different. Uh, my gym luckily had one. I don't know why, but I, I want to bring the podcast here full circle as we wrap it up as we don't go too long, but you're a father now, obviously you experience, you know, your experiences from your childhood, what uh, what type of like what what do you want your legacy as a father to be, Chris? As as you you know, obviously we all get older and we all you know it's inevitable what happens to us, right? But as a father, I, I have a feeling just speaking with you, that's probably your your biggest pride and joy in your life and your biggest job. Yeah. What uh, what legacy as a father do you want to leave? I've got uh, three children. My son is uh, twelve. Uh, my first daughter's eight, and my youngest daughter just turned three. Awesome. And uh, I, there's so many people in this world that you meet that are great at telling inspirational words or telling you how to live your life or do these sorts of things. And what I want to leave my children is a legacy of showing them, showing them that you can form the world around you 
and live the way that you want. Mm -hmm. You can create the world that you want to live. And I'm going to do that through my actions and uh, walk the walk. And that's, that is like the driving component of my life. Uh, That, and, and let it in also showing them that the ability to reach and connect to people, Mm -hmm. the ability to be able to leave a mark on other people um, for the better. So all of that is wrapped around this, trying to, to leave the world a little better in any manner that you can. But uh, it's really just driving home the point of all the work that I do is to show them they can do this. Yeah. And in whatever manner they choose, yeah. they choose themselves. That's great, dude. I mean, it's it's wonderful that, to hear that message. Um, I feel sorry for any boys who date your daughters growing up because <laughs> if they do them wrong, you got Chris Duffin on you. But um, I I love your story, dude. And um, obviously, we'll put all the links here into the podcast and the website so people can check out the book, whether it's on Amazon, Audible. You know, you guys can go into the store. Kabuki Strength, Built Fast Formula. Um, I mean, the dude, I mean, he sleeps 10 hours a night, and he still has uh, multiple businesses, a wife and children. He... The fact that you're able to you, – two things on this as I wrap this up is like you walked – you know, you, you cold quit turkey pretty much drinking in college. Like you went north. You, you quit your job. Um, and then as an adult, you left corporate America and you started your own thing with – I mean that takes balls. You know, it takes balls yeah. to do that. And I'm sure, I'm sure you had confidence, but I'm sure you might have been scared shitless a little bit as well. You, you, you've actually got to be – anything worth chasing in this life is something that you're scared of. Yeah. If, uh, if you're not scared, it ain't the right path for you. Do you – I, I got to ask this now because I, I don't want to – I was thinking and We should today. probably cover lifting too at some point. I probably mentioned for your listeners that don't know, I'm the only person that's ever squatted and deadlifted 1,000 pounds oh, right. for reps. That's – I mean it's <laughs> disgusting. It hurts. I had 500 pounds on my back one time for a squat and I thought I was going to break in half. I did it for a rep and I was proud. I can't imagine – like I look at what Ronnie Coleman did. You know, when he's repping out 800 pounds on squat, I'm like, What? But, uh, I mean, do you have any, any worries about joints, anything that as you get older from doing this much weight? I mean, you take care of yourself, obviously, but I mean, as you age, we break down a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, actually my breakdowns are from earlier in my career when I didn't know how to move correctly. So I've got some elbow problems. Um, but the things that I have done that were phenomenal over the top were after those injuries and didn't result in further trauma. Mm Um, I had you know, I, uh, I, I had uh, um, herniated discs when I was younger. Well, I've overcome those to demonstrate the highest level of torso stability that you, that you can uh, without pain. And talk about, uh, you know, stress and adaptation making you more resilient. My bone density is four standard deviations from the norm. That's like point zero 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 six or something. My, my training partner, who's 71 years old, Look up Rudy Cadlub if you want to yeah, be okay. feel bad about yourself. Five hundred and fifty pound deadlift and like five hundred squat and three hundred bench at seventy one years old and two hundred and ninety eight pounds. Um, his his bone density is five standard deviations. Like when you lift weights, it leaves permanent structural change in the body for the better. We're talking connective tissue, uh, fossil changes, and changes to the bones themselves. Most 71-year-olds are uh, worried about falling down and breaking a hip. Yeah. Like, Rudy's bones are like, <laughs> and my bones, same thing. You know, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. 
That's good. I mean, we're have to get you back on and dive more into actual lifting and stuff. I think that this podcast is powerful a lot because we people get to see the man behind, you know, behind the brands, behind Kabuki Strength, behind Built Fast Formula, and, and realize that you are a normal person who happens to be an absolute freak when it comes to strength. But I mean, you have feelings, you have desires, you have drives, you have things that scare you. And I think that's important for people um, to connect to, to brands is to understand like what your driving force is and what your why is. Um, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, it feels to me like your why really is like your children and your family and, and the reason, and, and obviously making an impact on other lives because like, going back to that statement I said earlier, like serving something larger than yourself, I feel like that you embody that whole thing. That is 100%. You're spot on, man. You uh, captured a lot over the course of this discussion. Try to. All right, guys. You guys can follow him. He's at the Mad Scientist Duffin on Instagram. Um, I'm going to post all the links so that way you guys can see. But um, kabukistrength.net is is the website. There is a kabukistrength.com as well for coaching. The Education Week coming up, it's kabukieducationweek.com, builtfastformula.com. My God, I could do a whole podcast on just your .coms for, for the businesses. I love it, dude. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Thank you. It's been uh, really a fun Fun conversation. That's like a holy shit interview right there with Chris Duffin. I'm about to bring him back on so we can actually talk about lifting weights, drinking protein shakes, one more reps, things of that nature. But I greatly appreciated his perspective and point of view. You know, from a businessman to myself and somebody who's trying to build my, you call it empire, I get it. You know, we, we, we speak the same language um, and we're, we're very wired the same in terms of family first, but obviously it's important to be successful in what we do because if we're successful in what we do, we can help others. And we are serving a power higher than ourselves. And I'm not talking about God or Jesus Christ or any type of religion here. I'm just saying like helping people in general I think is extremely powerful. So I appreciate Chris coming on again. We'll get him back on the podcast. Future guests coming up, we're going to have the 212 champion Sean Clarita back discussing his journey to the stage in Orlando, Florida, and then getting his hand raised as the best in the world at 212. He'll be coming on a future podcast with us here at Fitness Informant. We also uh, welcome in, um, you know, G was in town here, so we filmed some stuff while he was in town with me, and, and then our buddy Jesse Westover over at Nutrition Junction talking about 2020 a little bit, and then looking ahead at 2021, um, maybe some controversial data and, and points in that, but uh, extremely, extremely good conversation with that. Uh, again, this podcast is going to get rolling again, guys. Like, listen, I mean, obviously... 2020 was weird. 2021 is 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 interesting. We're we're looking forward to uh, hopefully a somewhat normal 21 at some point here. I mean, we've already gotten the Arnold push to September. We'll have dates on that as soon as we can. We will be there covering an event from Fitness Informant. We'll also be there for Fit Butters and the booth as well. But appreciate you guys. Hit that subscribe button on any platform you're watching or listening. Let us review. Be informed.